internet and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Camera Corner Podcast. We're your geek slash nerd discussion podcast. We normally take one topic from TV, movie, video game, book, or we f- whatever we feel like talking about that day. We bat around until we get bored. I'm, as always, your host, Pat- Patrick, and with me is not my co-host, uh, Jared. Um, he is uh, doing stuff with his wife like a chump. Um, and uh, joining us is special guest host, friend of the podcast, and o- owner of Cavern Corner Studios, it's Ryan's your boy, Shug Knight. <laughs> and I'm here to let you know that today we also have a special guest, who I like to call the biggie of the podcast, Vaughn. I also like to play card games on motorcycles. Wait, why, why, is, why is he biggie? <laughs> because I'm sending a message. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Look, it ain't my fault. You talked about liking them damn waifus. I fell see the issue here. Today we're talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! Okay, don't act like what we said has so far been in dick. Like, sure, the cars on motorcycles, yeah, people could get that. I just said, who likes waifus? That does not intrinsically mean Yu-Gi-Oh! I was going to get into it when we got into it. Um, <laughs> like, uh, for those of you who don't know what Yu-Gi-Oh! is, you might want to skip this episode. <laughs> um, uh, it is the... Uh, card game based on the show of the same name. Um, see, I've been playing that game off and on pretty much since it came out. Yeah, me too. Like, yeah. I watched the show when it first came out, saw the starter packs in a Kmart the week after watching the first episode, saw the Kaiba starter pack with the blue eyes on front of it, and actively believed there was only so many of them in the world and tried to convince my mother to buy one. Because it was the only Kaiba starter pack there. Yeah. So I assumed I had hit pay dirt. <laughs> Children are stupid. <laughs> yeah, because I, I also had a Kaiba starter. Um, like, uh, I, I bought I bought both starters. Well, my parents bought both starters. A Kaiba and a, and a Yugi starter deck. Um, two decks that I don't even touch anymore because <laughs> they are horrible. <laughs> they have some self in their tough form. No, the thing about it was no, but like in a modern format. No, cannot, oh no, no, in a modern format, no. But no, the problem is, is half the cards are banned. <laughs> yeah, <They're> practically unplayable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Hain Hain shit, like anything that's a flip monster. No, and those decks were full of them. No, the problem too was. They had rule books. Yeah. Um, they were wrong. Yeah, no, you played how the show did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I didn't fucking bother with that. So, eventually, it's just like, who cares? Oh, a, a monster that's level four? Who gives a shit? I just drew Dark Magician. I play that directly. Fuck you. So, well, it didn't help because that uh, around the time when, when, the, when the starter decks came out, there was also the PlayStation game, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Memories, which oh. played exactly like the first season of the Yu-Gi-Oh! show. Yep. Except um, also with fusions. Because back then, that shit was the tits. I was always like, fuck yeah, yeah they, let's see what happens if I take a Millis Radiant. Yeah, they were, and, doing, they were doing contact fusion before GX made it cool. Yeah, but it, but it was even worse because, you know, at least in GX, it's like, okay, I see how taking Bubble Man and Clay Man made this thing. Made Mudball Man, yeah. But, you know, I'd be like, Millis Radiant plus Harpy Lady equals Twin-Headed Thunder Dragon? <laughs> like... That shit was like breeding Pokemon. You're like, how the fuck does a Waylord and a Skitty equal this? How does this work? It doesn't. It's madness. It's madness the whole way down. But it's great madness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
but you know, we we basically you know were wallowing in the fandom until you know GX came out, and by then we actually learned the rules. Well, that's because because also like when we we talk about playing without the rules and all that, because also when the show was coming out, the rules for the card game were still being written. Yeah, like. Because Duel Monsters originated from Season Zero of Yu-Gi-Oh!, which, if you haven't seen, is golden. Because, sure, Yami, like, everyone, probably, most people know that four kids butchered the American release of Yu-Gi-Oh!, like, just censored it to such a degree that it's ridiculous. It's why so many people are scared of adults pointing at them, because in the Japanese anime, you know, they had gats. Yeah. Yugi was ducking because people were pulling out the nines. But, like, in Season Zero, Yami Yugi didn't give a shit. You could pull a gun on him, and he's like, I'm about to fucking rape your soul into the Shadow Realm. Yami Yugi dropped bodies. In in Duel Monsters was only in two episodes of Season Zero. But people liked it so much, they were like, I guess we make that the show now? Well, yeah, Konami saw the money on the wall. (laughs) Yeah. And boys, it made money. Because it is going strong. In a show where, like, they had to basically reinvent themselves every th- four years? Like, with the new type of summoning about? Pretty much. Yeah. Like, they've kept going. The fans are loyal, if not gross. Yeah, because, uh, well, <laughs> well, because we've been through, yeah, from Yu-Gi-Oh! to GX to 5D to Zexel. Mm-hmm. Um, to ArcV. ArcV to V-Reigns, which I think that's fully caught up in it. Yeah. No, no. The new one's out. Oh, the yeah. new one's out. Uh, where they've got they're releasing the brand new game. It's not oh, even yeah, the whole new the whole new uh, format. Yeah, not even yeah like the whole entirely brand new game. You cannot use regular Yu Gi Oh cards with the new show technically coming out. Ooh. They've got interesting ideas with it, but it is weird to make a product competing with your product. Because the number one thing for people to know about Yu Gi Oh and why it is such a weird card game is unlike Magic or almost any other competitive uh, collectible card game, you can use any card ever. Yeah. Like, there is no... Like, there, there is a banned list, but it gets updated, stuff gets put in, put on and off, and it mainly goes, it mainly changes with the metagame. Yeah, and um, you but, can use cards from the first set still, and yeah. some of them are still good. Now, they, they might not be effective. No, no. Raigeki will forever and always be effective. Yeah. And it was also banned for the longest. Um, but I, but what I mean is more like, you know, there are those those old cards, those like, you know, oh, yes. five five star eleven fifty attack cards. Oh yeah, one of the cards is like seven stars, its attack is eighteen fifty, defense four hundred, and you're like well, or the card's like, here's a fusion monster with eleven hundred attack that requires two specific other shit monsters. Yeah. Uh, and then there's something like Master of Oz. <laughs> yeah, it's but it's also like if you look back at like the start of Magic, a lot of those cards were stupid, and then you had cards like Black Lotus, who are still relevant and worthwhile today. But Yu-Gi-Oh has the issue of, well, there's ten thousand cards, nine thousand nine hundred and eighty of them are legal. That can cause a lot of issues for formatting and keeping fans feeling like their purchases are valid. And so it's weird now for Yu-Gi-Oh to be like. We're going to undo every card we ever did for this new game, and that's what we want y'all to play. 
It's like, um, no. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it works out. <laughs> but that's not what this podcast yeah, but, is about. But but that all all of that, that whole uh, rigmarole was to bring us around to what we were discussing today. Because one of the other kind of unique things with Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, is, is the archetypes that are present in the game. Because um, pretty much any other card game, Magic, the Digimon card game... Um, What's that other, like, weeb card game that came out a while back? Y-Swartz? Uh, uh, yeah. No, 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 like... Oh, my God, I can't remember. They also came out with an anime for it. But the thing all these have in common... Oh, Masters. oh yeah, wait, no. Hmm? Yeah, it might be it. <sighs> Bakugan? No, Bakugan's a little, like, fucking... That's what this little toy yeah. balls. Oh, um, no, like, they literally, while we were all up still playing Yu-Gi-Oh! at Legion, they had just released this as a... Beat-em-on? No, not Beat-em-on. It's a card game. Oh, oh shit, I'm going to look it up while we're... Gonna, we'll continue. Either way, my point is, Magic and all these other games have archetypes or themes in them, but normally you're choosing a broad range of, like, you know, white, black, blue, man, and and you aren't going to play... I'm going to play just Leonin in my white deck. That's normally not really going to work. You, you can, but, but they don't inherently work together. Yeah. I, they're, they're not... They don't necessarily... Unless they're all part of the same set... They don't necessarily feed off of each other to make your deck flow very well. Yeah. Um, contrasted to Yu-Gi-Oh, um, the archetypes are normally built with a specific playstyle in mind. So and very specifically want you to play into that thing. Like, I mean, what is part, like the first archetype was that actually supported was probably once they got to GX. GX was when was definitely when they became most prevalent because before then in just regular Yu-Gi-Oh! Dual, Dual Kingdom there were Card Fight there, Vanguard there were, that's, that's the other one that's I was thinking wow. of Card Fight Vanguard that is an old one yes oh. but that is an, <laughs> sorry Vince um, actually think yeah, about it uh, but yeah what, what, I, what I meant was, what I was trying to say <laughs> for Dual Kingdom um, pe- people's the characters decks had themes kind of like you know Rex had the all dinosaur deck or all bugs, bugs, harpies, but they weren't really but, archetypes because the cards were not really playing into each other well. They just had a gimmick of, I have a bunch of feathered they were slutty all, they, chicks. Everyone had, they were all beatdown decks yes. that just happened to share a similar theme. It wasn't like t- the, like Kaiba, Kaiba had blue eyes. I would not call that a blue eyes no. deck. Blue eyes was just no. the thing he wanted to get out. That was just his boss monster. Honestly, the first archetype in the show, probably Pegasus. Tunes. Yeah, the tunes. Tunes, and then honestly, the first actual, I would say, functional, really present archetype, probably in the card game, Gravekeepers. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're also pretty, but they were also like, you know, that was only if you were collecting, if you were just watching the anime, they, they, they never they, used they, were, they never appeared, yeah. Oh, um, didn't Odeon use one? No, he, he used, um... He used the Sekmet little scorpion thing. I know. Yeah, his deck was all trap cards. Uh, it was it was like some something of the Pharaoh, Guardian of the Pharaoh. Whatever, I can't remember the damn thing. Valley called. of the Pharaohs. Yeah, yeah, was, but Valley of the Pharaohs is Gravekeepers, isn't it? No. Were no. they hidden valley? It's it's hard. There's a lot H- of similar hidden, cards. Hidden, hidden Valley, I think, is Gravekeepers. Okay. Necro yes. Valley. Either way, Necro Valley. That was Necro good, Valley. Yeah, Necro yeah. Valley. Which is also not to be confused with like the Necrofear monsters who were also used in Duelist City. Look, there's only so many names. <laughs> English is only so robust of a language. 
and but and after so many seasons and so many themes and so many cards, there's only so so varied it can get. Yeah, but archetypes of all that. By the time we got to GX, archetypes uh, were the thing. Like GX is is definitely where I think that they most put archetypes in the game, and they archetypes actually became cool, mm-hmm. or that where they kind of became part of. The design. Um, it became part of the of the way the shows are written. It became part of the characters, um, and so if anything, it, it definitely made it to where when you were selling the cards, you it was a it was a way to keep it pop, keep an archetype popular even beyond that season. Yeah, because you, you know, just el- elemental heroes are still a played archetype. Yeah, no, like there's definitely archetypes that were like, oh, this archetype's dead. A new set comes out that has like two, three new cards supporting it, and suddenly you're like, oh, they are relevant. Yeah. Like fucking Destiny heroes can pull some shit now. It hell, Blue Eyes. Blue Eyes is just an archetype that needs to die. If you're a Chaos Max player, fuck you. <laughs> you have no talent. You don't have an original thought in your brain, and I hate you. Well, that's harsh, because, well,. I do. <laughs> no, no. Honestly, I don't hate on too much. I hate the fact that I will play... I played the basically the exact same deck 15 times in a row one time on uh, the Master Duel. Mm-hmm. And I mean, down to like pretty much the exact same plays. I was like, this guy literally just played the exact same opening hand as the duel I was just in. The exact same opening hand. Oh, I'll I'll take that. Like, uh, like Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel is was the recent release Yu-Gi-Oh! It's why we're uh, talking console game. It's um, it's pretty it's pretty fun though. It there it needs a lot of work. I'll say that it needs a it needs a not like it needs know, a it, it needs a non ranked game mode. Yes, not uh, exhibition. That way you aren't running into the same five net decks over and over. And over. Well, also the also the game had a. It might still have this in platinum, but uh, I know at gold rank a few a, a few uh, like a few months ago, it was having a real bad problem with bots. Uh, oh, that's still a thing. Yeah. Um. There were it. It was basically a deck built off of like two trap cards, abundance of millions, and DD dynamite. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that could just do you win. Yeah, yeah. like you, you literally don't get a. If if they win the coin flip, they you don't get a turn. If they lose the coin flip, the bot automatically surrenders. Oh, yep. <laughs> Why? You're not getting real money off of this. Yeah, I don't know. No, like if you could farm crypto with Master Duel, let me know. We'll stop recording this podcast and get to work. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, no. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why that they they feel the need to do that on a game that you can honestly play free. I've, I haven't put any money in the Master Duel. I put a tiny bit just to support them showing that I appreciated this game. Yeah, same. Like, yes, back to uh, GX. It had archetypes, it was cool, but it was still, honestly, well, the it was, original it, it show. Was, I, 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 say, I say that because pretty much everyone's... Every character had an archetype to themselves. Like Jaden had the had the E heroes. Uh, Cyrus had the Viacroids. Um, Bastion had all had the uh, uh, dinosaurs. 
he had one dino- one particular type of dinosaurs. Yeah. Like, though, the only thing I'll say, like, towards GX is that GX was all about uh, fusion summoning and also still had kind of the original game's mindset in play. GX wasn't where they, what I would say, modernized the game. They that's they were they started to get experimental with uh, contact uh, fusion later. Um, well, that, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about like when five Ds came out. Well, I'm more I'm more meant like because you can see an ev- you can see an easy evolution from contact fusion to synchro. Yes. Oh no, I'm not talking about synchro summoning. I'm saying the designing of archetypes in mind of like summoning more of the cards. Right. Like archetypes, because. Um, GX definitely had a lot of archetypes that'd be like, hey, and if another thing of this kind's here, it does it, or, you know, had some cool effects, but it wasn't, you could still easily just mishmash cards together, like, I'm playing a water deck, and just throw in some ice barrier cards, and they'd be fine, you didn't have to play into the archetypes, it was when they got to 5Ds that it was like, okay, there's no reason really to play Black Wings just thrown into another random deck. Black Wings support Black Wings. Stardust support Stardust. Junk War. Like, that's when they really modernized archetypes and really built everything going forward as we're playing to archetypes. GX is where they cemented the idea of it, but you still also had cards that were just released that weren't meant to be an archetype. They were just cards released. You don't really get that now. Yeah. Well, now, also to that, to your point, I would uh, point out that's not, <coughs> that's not to say that you have to play archetypes to play the game. There are plenty of other of other strategies. There are plenty of people that make burn decks that have no, that don't fall into archetypes or mill decks that don't find, fall into archetypes. You know, you know, but it's still clearly where the game's design is now. Yeah, that, that's definitely where they're pushing it because it makes it it does make the game easier to balance with the entire ten thousand card roster if they know that we can put out this card effect that if it just said, oh, it deals four thousand damage, but only if you have five cards of this archetype on the field, that's manageable. If you had a card that says it deals 4,000 damage, if you have five cards on the field, then it's too much to balance against. So archetypes are also put into the game to narrow the focus and effects of cards so they can give an archetype powerful effects without worrying that you can take 10 other random cards throughout the entire history of the game and cobble them together well, into an you, OTK. You, you can. You can, but it's still the intent is there to try to prevent that. Yeah. No, no. You do still get some cards and archetypes that you're like, oh, this archetype seems really cool. Why does no one play it? Oh, because they banned the card that really gets it going because, you know, Butterfly Dagger Elma exists, and if you combine the two. Yeah. Like, one of my archetypes... Uh, got Tempest Mage banned. Tempest Mage used to be a card that was not all that powerful until the second wave of, you know, cards that archetype came out. Then it's like, oh no, you can generate too many spell counters too quick now. We cannot have this bitch exist. (laughs) She just does like 400 damage per spell counter on the field. And I've easily had 50 spell counters on the field before. And then the opponent's just like, what does the opponent do? Nothing. It can do nothing. Yeah, but most most strategies that make it so that your opponent literally can't play, they tend to ban those. Yeah, but that's it, and that's part of why everything is so, he- especially now, so heavily focused on archetypes, is to try to rein that in. So they know they're releasing a new Dark Magician card. They only, for the most part, designing it 
have to look at all the cards that affect Dark Magicians for crazy combos. Because there is no way to beta test 10,000 cards correctly. No. That is too many computations you can do. And every once in a while, you just get something stupid. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of why you just kind of got to put it out there and then just wait and see what see what see how the meta changes. Yeah. Like, I mean, we already saw that with, with, Mash, with Master Duel. Like, uh, when the game first came out, I broke into hives every time I saw Eldritch. <sighs> to be uh, fair, Master Na- Duel Na- also had the problem of combining the OCG and the TCG, yeah. which are two groups who never should have met, because those ban lists and metas are like, well, but let's just try to combine the ban lists as well as we can, and suddenly you had everyone who was like, wait, y'all kept all the cards banned that didn't matter, but unbanned the ones that did? Yes, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but also, I would also point out that, you know, kind of match the duel, um, if you are a older school Yu-Gi-Oh player trying to get back into the game with Master Duel coming out, um, the game has changed. <laughs> not only that, it's also not hard to be like, it, hey, I just built a $10,000 deck in my first 30 minutes of playing, because I was just like, yeah, why not? Well, yeah, it's it's easy that when you first start out building that super building that super deck, what I more meant was, you know, if you haven't played since, uh... You know, GX. Oh yeah, no, and you're, you're still get... and you're still thinking you're gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna start the duel. I'm gonna play. Uh, I'm gonna play Spark Man and throw down two face downs. Yeah, you're and gonna end... get beat like you were dating <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, <laughs> you're 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 then going to watch your your opponent's feature film, Drive Tron the movie. <laughs> That's being kind. <laughs> oh, fuck Drive Tron. <laughs> Look, we're gonna throw a lot of hate this podcast. So if anyone who is listening to this is, you know, a Sky Striker player, a Dryton player, a Tri Brigade player, fuck you. Yeah, don't forget Zodiacs. I haven't fought any of them. I've only fought two. They beat my ass. Also, (laughs) I want to hate on Eldritch, but I honestly like the idea of that archetype way too much. Of just thirty-seven trap cards and one monster in there, I'm like. That thing's got moxie. I'm like, that's too cool of an idea. I want to hate you, and yeah, I my, hate playing uh, you. Honestly, my, my, the only decks I hate playing, and because I I'm one of those old school players. I haven't I haven't really followed the I hadn't really followed the game since like 5D, um, and they've been there like the beginning of 5D. Um, so I was starting uh, even Legacy of the Duelist, but definitely Master Duel, getting my head kicked in. Um, and, uh, the only archetype that I just get into a frothing rage when I see it is the, uh, Dragon Maids. Really, all of the waifu decks, but mostly the Dragon Maids. And Vaughn is looking over at me with this, like, shit-eating grin. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, he, like, like, Dragon Maids is gonna be on his list. (laughs) And I just want you to know, folks, I can't be held responsible for what I may do. Look, I already said before, he's Biggie. I've called Patrick Tupac on the previous one. Look, we gonna have some beef. Yeah. Oh. But uh, but anyway, so we're, we're but anyway to, to 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 get to the actual point of this podcast, we're like thirty minutes in. We're we're doing we're doing our top five archetypes. 
Um, so I'll start off with my number five. It also um, is a quantifier. These are not the archetypes we think are the best. No. If they were the ones we were trying to say were the best, we would just be saying Sky Strikers, Drytons, Tri-Brigades. But fuck those archetypes. They're not fun to play or play against. And we don't think they're cool. So that's what these are. The ones we like playing, ones we don't mind playing against, or just ones we just think are cool. Yeah. Um, see, so most of, most of my list, um, I... I typically pick archetypes based on their aesthetics, like what what their theme is. Um, specifically, most of most of my list pulls from things I was interested in when I was younger. It's like you're, cartoons, cartoons or shows I watched, toys I collected, what have you. You're gonna notice robots. Uh, so my <laughs> first entry is the Super Quantum uh, archetype. Uh, that is a archetype based on the Super Sentai or Power Rangers, as it is known here in America. Uh, it's an Xyz archetype. Um, the basic theme of the of the deck is you, sum, you summon, you know, an Xyz, and you want to get... You, su- you summon one of the Super Quantums, and you want to get their Xyz monsters out as quickly as possible. It's typically their, their Zord. I didn't know this archetype existed, and I'm going to go upstairs and make a deck for it. Yeah, uh... <laughs> Like uh, you, you can su- you summon out their Zords. Also, their Zords combine to become a Megazord. They have a carrier. They have an Alpha Five arc- uh, analog. Um, playing the deck is is not necessarily the most effective deck. Oh, I don't I've, give I've a got, damn. I've got, I've I'm gotten, looking at the Voltron Megazord thing, yeah. and my dick's a little hard. Like you can look at the at the various super quantum, and you can pretty much tell what season of Power Ranger they were pulling from. Yep. Um. Like I said, is it the most effective? No, but damn, is it fun! And like I've been able to get the full uh, Xyz Megazord out a few times, and yeah, at that point you just kind of stomp your way to victory because when it's all when you fulfilled all the summoning conditions, it can't be affected by anything. So fuck you, all of all you all you newfangled yeah, Tritron bullshits. Six, if you get six or more, your opponent cannot add cards from their deck to their hand by card effects. Yeah. That is just a permanent Ash Blossom. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Which, by the way, fuck Ash Blossom too. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Oh, I'm sorry. There are some things I'll let slide, nope, but nope. not that one. Fuck Ash Blossom. <laughs> I hope that little girl dies. Wait, uh, she's, she's a zombie, a zombie. already. Yeah. Good. <laughs> She deserved whatever happened to her. It actually gets worse. Ash Blossom, Ash Blossom is actually part of an archetype. It is. Yep. Yes. Along with Haunted Bell. Yeah, I've <laughs> I've seen the other cards. They are all just as bad as she is. Yep. She's just the most versatile. Yeah. I actually like using Haunted Bell more than I do Ash Blossom. Honestly. Look, I don't mind hand traps, as long as it takes some type of something to use them. Any hand trap that can just be. Oh, start of the duel, what's in my hand? Oh, it takes nothing to activate? There's no... Tr- nothing? Fuck you. Yeah. Like, mo- most of the time, my first play is Ash Blossom Bait. <sighs> kind of has to be now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Honest Battle Fader, those were fine. Fun, even. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, I'm just, I was flashing back to, like, duels in college of, like, just folks baiting Honest against each other. <laughs> yeah. Honest has helped me hit someone for 123,000 damage in one shot before. Victory Vipers. 
Go. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, so so that's so that's my number five. Uh, what, what's what's your number five, Ryan? My number five is um. Uh, gonna go back, and it's an archetype that is purely for me. Rule of cool. It's actually why it doesn't get up higher on there because I've yet to actually build it in the modern format. Just because, especially on Master Duel, um, there is no secret pack that gets you all the pieces you need. But I've always loved the gimmick. I love the idea. It is the Buster Blader. The Buster Blader, as we like to say in the business, got drip. People also call him Ranch because he be dressing. Yeah. Uh, Buster Blader, he's like from you know the first season, season, first season Yu-Gi-Oh. He's a twenty-six hundred attacker, whose gimmick is for every dragon on the field, he gains five hundred attack. He's Yugi's answer to fighting the blue eyes white dragon, and he just always looked cool. The more they've expounded upon him, um, and another fun thing with Yu-Gi-Oh that I've always appreciated is the card art tells a story. You have some of these cards who have been having a story evolving over the past almost three decades now. Oh, yeah. Warrior Digreffer, Gaga Gigo, yeah. uh, Marauding Captain. Buster Blader. Buster Blader. Like, of just this whole story of how he became the dragon slaying person. Um, Gear Freed. Yep. Like, and Buster Blader has that. He's got a lot of cool cars that play into him, different forms. I've liked uh, the turn recently that they've done to kind of develop a lot of these older archetypes to make them viable in a Synchro deck, in an Xyz deck, a Pendulum deck. Like all of these, so you can play. If you just really like Buster Blader, there's a Buster Blader of every flavor. Yep. And I just I I'm going to build one one day. It's just it's really hard. The deck doesn't really function all that well, and it requires a bunch of random ultra rares on uh, Master Duel that are not found in any secret decks. So I can't even just farm one pack for them. I've got to fucking trade in other ultra rares to buy one more mind control or something. And also, or one more DNA surgery. And also, one of the irritating things about Master Duel, there are some uh, cards that it gives you that you can't uh, you can't turn in for, uh, for 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 parts. Yeah. Oh, it's like nope. You just were given this card. You'll never use. Too fucking bad. It's gonna stare you in the face every time you sort your cards <laughs> by Ultra Rare, and you're just gonna be like, I fucking hate you. It's like my first three rows of of, of Ultra Rares are shit. I can't get rid of. Yeah, like clip offs. Yeah. Got a bunch of cliff offs. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even watch the freaking movie that the cliff offs are from. I haven't seen a single Yu-Gi-Oh movie, so any of the cards from those movies, I'm like, I don't give a shit. It's the, it's the second, uh, it's the second movie from the first season. Okay, is that the one where they gave away like Andros Sphinx and all those cards or something? No, no, the it's the it's the one where Kaiba uh, made the simulation of uh, the Pharaoh. Oh, I don't know. I didn't watch them yet. Yeah, where he where he, he he literally like you know tried to he 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 created an AI to duel like Yugi so that he could duel the Pharaoh one more time. Oh, okay. Yes, Buster Blader's my number five. What about you, Banks? Uh, uh well, um, speaking of movies, um, my number five is literally a whole bunch of boss monsters, uh, the Malefics. Um. <laughs> I'm getting nothing but hate T- over here T- now. Tell us about the Malefics, Vaughn. <laughs> As we sharpen our knives. <laughs> so, Malefics, basically, uh, you 
removed a certain monster from the uh from either your deck or extra deck and special summon basically the evil version of it from your hand um like for example malefic stardust dragon just yeah like, um like there's I, I, I remember, like, a lot of, like, the... Specifically Malefic uh, Blue Eyes. But uh, but the catch about Malefics, uh, you have to have a field spell. Like, there's no getting around that. If there's no field spell, you can't play it. Um, it's fun. Okay. It's, it's, not, it's probably not fun for the other person, but it's fun for me. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, just... It gives the deck a very obvious weak point. Yeah. If you can, if you can destroy a field spell, you can you can effectively neuter the malefics. Yeah. Oh. I was, I was like, because the another archetype that I remember when it came out, but I was like, I can't, I can't see myself playing it just because it's all depending on one card. Was uh, the archfiends? Uh, they they were another one that that was completely dependent on you having out a uh, pandemonium. Yeah, otherwise it's dice rolls and nobody wants that. Yeah. Uh see, so going to my number four. Um, let's see, keeping in mind keep keeping in mind, you know, like I said, the whole uh basing it off of things I was into when I was younger. Also one of the just kind of uh play styles I like in Yu Gi Oh is, you know, summoning this seemingly innocuous little monster and being able to take on the like big obvious you know beat down uh decks and i think part of it is just because when you're watching the show you know yugi his you know iconic card is the dark magician his rival's iconic card is the blue eyes white dragon the blue eyes white dragon has higher attack points than the dark magician so in order to beat it yugi has to rely on weird effects and bullshit you mean cheat yeah, that too. <laughs> Else we forget fusing Mammoth Graveyard <laughs> with Silver Arrow. <laughs> or destroying the moon. <laughs> you never did that with with, with, in, with Kaiba. I, True. Like, some of us, it, that I'm wrong, a lot of those, you know, first season duels were very heavily reliant on narrative contrivance. Remember that time he technically killed Kaiba's fighting spirit? <laughs> oh, God. That's technically what he does in the first duel. He rips the part out of Kaiba, who is willing to be cutthroat. Yeah, <laughs> true. Okay, but <laughs> so he did come after that man's dueling career. He tried to destroy his company. <laughs> to be fair, he did kidnap Yuki's grandfather. Yeah, Yuki's grandfather deserved it. Didn't you hear that whole story from Rebecca about how Yugi's grandfather tried to kill her grandpa don't, and steal don't, his favorite don't even, don't even say like, don't even talk like like Re- like Rebecca was even written by that point. That's 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 that's, that's like that's like me going, you know, oh, you know, the the third Okage was a bastard because he left Naruto alone in the ghetto. Kishimo didn't write that at the time when 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 uh, when he died. Also, because by that point, um. Yami Yugi had done a lot worse for a lot less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Season zero Yami Yugi was willing like, to I'm, murder I'm, people. I, I promise you, you know, Yugi's caught more bodies than Kaiba. But getting back to my number four, 
Uh, like I said, I, I, I like a, a an archetype that has you know smaller innocuous monsters that rely on you know trickery and bullshit to get by. So uh, my number four is the Morphtronics. Uh, keeping in mind you know things I was into when I was younger, the deck heavily based off of Transformers and the Transformers Armada to be exact. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they, if you look at the if you look at the uh, decks, they look they, they they look like minicons. Um, but the deck relies heavily <coughs> upon uh, the cards using effects that change based on what position they're in, attack or defense. Uh, some of them have burn effects based on their attack position. Some of them can't be destroyed based on being in a certain position. Some of them get to attack twice. But it is a deck that you know kind of relies on uh, some bit of buildup because... You need some of them need to get they need to be out there for a few turns. Yeah, no, a Morphtronic deck is a lot of fun, but you have to get it going because you are not going to have anything to just summon straight out that's going to beat down someone. Yeah, uh, it, it is a deck <laughs> that does heavily rely on uh, outer effects. Um, Gadget Holler can do damage, but you got to work for it. <laughs> well, like one of the ones that I, I would use would was. Um, was a Vidion, uh, who he basically, basically he, he's he's one he's one of the strongest attack number cards in the in the archetype, and then you put something like Mage Armor or A Forces on him, and he becomes a demigod, <laughs> and then your and then your opponent plays Fisher and shits on your life. <laughs> <sighs> If someone played Fisher on me right now in Master Duel, I would surrender. Because oh, I'd be it's so, happened to me. It hasn't happened to me wow. yet. They they've destroyed everything, and I don't mind that. But it's always some crazy, awesome thing. Someone fucking played giant hammer on me or whatever the other day and just destroyed uh, the smashing ground. Sma- yeah, smashing ground. We're doing is the one of them. It's a hammer that does basically the same effect. Destroys the monster with the highest defense. I think that is it. No, smashing ground's highest attack. I can't remember what the highest defense. Yeah, there's a, I, know, I know I know which one you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, it's got a big ass hammer on it. Played that against me and just technically happened to destroy my beater because it also buffed up his defense. And I was just like, "You're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you're a bitch." I think I actually might have even been in the um, damn synchro cart festival. No, just because like they were using one of the like loan decks that has random cards in it. Yeah. Um. Now the. The archetype itself, it did get a, an episode in uh, 5D where a one of the protagonist characters had a Morphtronic deck. But because, he played it so bad. Yeah, he, he was he. A lot of the archetypes, uh, the way they are played in the show, are very different than the way they are played in real life. I, I compare a duel in a Yu-Gi-Oh show much like pro wrestling versus an actual fight. Yes, one is for entertainment. The others for killing people. Yeah. Um, like you know, if you if you if you, if you know anybody that plays E Heroes, don't expect them to play like Jaden. Hell, just anybody that plays Yu Gi Oh don't expect them to play like Jaden. Jaden Jaden gave Jaden made me upset when GX first started. Oh, you mean when he just watches opponent summon like an eighteen hundred monster and he just summons up Avion in attack mode with nothing his, else. It ends his turn and you're like, I'm loving your confidence. 
Like, the, he did this to apply to go to dueling school. Look, there's a remedial class in school. <laughs> he was in the remedial <laughs> class. True, there was a caste system in Duelist Academy, and it was clearly there because Kaiba's a petty bitch. Also weirdly sexist. Yeah? Like, yeah, because uh, like, all the females were, were uh, obelisk blues. There were no females of any other dorm. Yeah. It's also because every woman there was a 10 physically. <laughs> The women weren't accepted to Duelist Academy because they played good. It's because they looked good. <laughs> yeah, but that's not something... That's, that's the rip, same way rip, that... Uh, the, what's, and the professor plays all the gear golems. That's why he got put in Crowler? The yeah, Crowler. Got put in there for eye candy. Crowler? Folks, <laughs> 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 Crowler looks like the worst yo uh, transvestite. <laughs> Crowler doesn't look good no matter what your sexual orientation is. Yeah. Crowler is just an unattractive person, <laughs> inside and out. Like if if Crowler is your is 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 in your strike zone, stop. Crowler get look, out the game. Crowler looked like Queen Elizabeth's vagina, real old and beat. I was really wondering where you're going with that. But let's hear <laughs> your number four, right? Oh, my number four, and this is. <sighs> It's a weird thing to say, because it covers technically several archetypes, but it is a general archetype. Um, I love, and to death, level monsters. All it, of them. It's, it's oddly an archetype that kind of failed. Um, like, it, But it, sti- it still gets a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's like, still it's, got it's, support, and it's got cool ideas, but just inherently, like, it, it takes it, too long to get going. It was... Made in GX. Yeah. Or was no, no, it was made in Yu-Gi-Oh. It was made in Yu-Gi-Oh. At the very, very tail end of it. Yeah. And a lot uh, of it was it, released going into GX. Essentially the theme of the level level monsters were they started out little and then as you met certain requirements, they leveled uh, they up. start to level up and get more powerful. So you have the silent magicians, the silent swordsmen, armed dragons, um Horus uh, the Black Frame Dragon. Um, there's another magician type. A lore of, magician? A lore magician. Yeah. And, like, a couple of them only have, like, a level 4, level 8. You know, Horus had, like, 13 of them. <laughs> Arm- they, 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 most, they mostly, most of the level monsters, they were, they were kind of each archetypes in and of themselves. Yes. That's why I'm putting them just level monsters in general, because you can make a mismatch of them. It, it won't play well. But, yeah. like, a lot of fun, like, um... I actually liked in one of the recent festivals, they had basically just an armed dragon deck you could borrow as a loner. Yeah. And it had, where they clearly came back, had the original armed dragons, and then released a second version of each of those armed dragons to kind of give you double the chance to level up the cards. Mm-hmm. And the reason I mentioned, like, they were definitely released with the original show in the, DX. They were also an archetype that did that would work well in a different deck theme. Yes. Like, if you, you could very easily throw the silent swordsman archetype into just a warrior deck. Yes. Listen, you couldn't play them into exactly an archetype, but you could play them into an attribute. Like, if you're playing, like, I'm going to play all light monsters and play a light monster deck or a warrior monster deck, Yeah. you would not throw them, however, into, like, I'm going to play a blue-eyes deck with a smattering of armed dragon. No, no, that's asking to get your ass beat. Yeah. But like, I just, they're fun. Like, the gimmicks are always interesting, like, having them level up. Their biggest problem definitely being... They're like each of these cards, you can only level up at least like unless you have the card level up, 
You can only level up once per turn, maybe twice. Well, also, because once they get out there and you level them up once, they become uh, target number one for your opponent. <laughs> yes, because your opponent knows they cannot let Horus get to level 10. Well, you can't let him get to, like, level 8 Silent Swordsman? Yeah. Yeah, you cannot You cannot let Silent Swordsman get past level 5. Um, <laughs> like, he, he's already a son of a bitch at level 5, but, you know... You definitely don't. I, I don't even. I don't even know what Silent Magician does. Uh, uh, some crazy shit. Unaffected by spell cards, I believe. Yeah, yeah. But I think. I think her and Silent Swordsman share. No, Silent Swordsman negates a spell. Yeah. Um, and then I think his level seven is like no. He's basically well, he goes level eight. He, I think. He, yeah, he becomes like he becomes Genzo, but for spell cards. Genzo. What I say? Genzo. Genzo. Oh. <laughs> I think Ginzo's like the main villain of Evangelion or something. <laughs> Ain't that the guy who tortured Shinji? That's his That's father. I thought his name was Ginzo. That's Genji. Genji. <laughs> I thought that was the guy from Overwatch. No. no. <laughs> that is the guy from Overwatch. You're thinking of Gendo. Gendo Akari is Shinji's dad. All we got the there. Either we got way. There. <laughs> But yeah, like the problem with level monsters and the reason they don't get a lot of play or love, even though there's still a lot of fun, is that they take multiple turns to get going, and in the current meta, you gotta get your engine up and running in one turn, maybe two. Yeah. Level monsters most, require two to three at minimum, and they're just too easy to shut down. Like most most of the time the game the game is probably well on its way to decided by turn four. Yes. Um, and that's if it goes that long. I've I've been I've I've been uh, OTK'd in turn three many times. Oh yeah, no, like the amount of times, like it's like oh, like God, I must be on like round four or something. No, I'm still on round one because this motherfucker won't stop playing cards. That's why you just go make something to eat. <sighs> oh no, like literally earlier. No, it, it's <laughs> no that you can't do that because you might have something in your hand. That the game has to keep asking you, would you like to activate this effect? Would you like to activate... No. <laughs> no. Literally earlier, Vaughn can attest, I played a guy who had just a shitty, weird stall deck. Not only did he have a shitty deck to play against, he didn't know how to play it, so he just kept taking forever. Finally got to the point where he had for sure won, and I just let the menu come up to see if I wanted to activate a card. It would not have saved me, but I just let that menu stay open until it timed me out. Just as a fine <laughs> Final petulant fuck you to this guy who was playing just a miserable game in bronze tier. I was in bronze tier because I haven't played in forever. And this guy's trying to just play a bullshit stall deck. No, um, like, we we haven't talked too much about the ranking system, but I have I do have one, one huge complaint. They've changed one aspect of the of the actual playing of Master Duel that I cannot fucking stand. And that is that if he... Like, my biggest enemy is not any archetype. My biggest enemy is internet connection. Oh, yeah. Yep. Because if your connection fails, because you might be playing somebody in Japan, uh, it counts that as a defeat. Yep. So you might act, you might lose rank because your connection failed. No, it's even if they're the one whose connection is bad, because like I get that disconnect all the time, and I have amazing internet here thanks to uh, Cult of the Highlands down the road. Yeah, like we have amazing internet over in this area. It's the only perk of having a mega church a block away. 
and like I'll still get disconnected because the other opponent's internet's clearly shitty, and I'll take the L. And I'm like, no, I was, yeah, like it. It is. It is. I have lost my rank. I like going from like gold to silver because, uh, you know, I was in the midst of playing, and literally as I am about to hit the button to declare my attack for the the for the last bit to take them to zero, it disconnects, and that infuriates me. Yeah. All right, that was uh, my oh, four. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Also, also one of one other bit uh, about the level. Level monsters for Silent Swords and Silent Magician. They are another one of the card uh, archetypes whose story has progressed uh, up till now. They act, the Silent Swordsman and Silent Magician actually have a child, a Silent Paladin. Oh, I didn't know that. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. They're also one of Yugi's thirty-eight mini archetypes. Yeah. So. Well, they, they they're part of Yugi's actual deck. Like not not him and the Pharaoh. Yeah. All right. What's your number four, Vaughn? Oh uh, well, uh, this will probably start the uh, the waifu run. So um, I am not apologizing. Um, the <laughs> number number uh talk closer. No, uh, number four is uh, the Dragon Maid deck. <laughs> Again, not apologizing. <laughs> Look, I'm not. I'm not close to a blade, though. So. Yes, you are. <laughs> Emma. One, mean, two, three, four, five. That's decorative. I'm pretty sure. No, no. That yes, it is technically a decorative hidden blade from Assassin's Creed Black Flag. It will also shank you. It's got <laughs> enough spring force and actually a hard enough plastic tip. I have cut myself on it. Oh. I mean, you can just clock him with the African tribal mask on the roof. Can, yeah. we, can we not? Can we not, please? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what type of stereotype that is. It's a, a black man beating another black man with an African <laughs> tribal mask. It's still bad. This is just going to answer that for you. It's bad. Look, just say you're recreating Black Panther because you really loved the movie. <laughs> why, are you, why are you inspiring this? Wakanda forever. <laughs> <laughs> You were telling us about the Dragon Maids. Yes. Goddamn waifu deck. Oh, it's fine. Um, it's basically search, 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 and battle phase becomes super powered. And. Yeah, like it's. You have a bunch of. If you've read the Kobayashi's Dragon Maid manga, yeah. it's that. I've seen the show. Yeah, it, it's just that. And then in the battle phase, they become D&D dragons. Well, much like Kobayashi Dragon Maid, uh, yeah, they they look like you know just pretty anime girls, but they're fucking dragons. So which is fine. They're so prepare to prepare to get a you know a maid that is also like three thousand attack power and negates the first thing you do, which is also fine. <laughs> look, I don't mind that. What bugs me is they're one of the archetypes that is just one monster comes out. Which then Xyz or Fusion summons into another thing. Which then Xyz or Fusion summons into another. Then that Link summons into that. And do, 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 do. I, don't, I don't think the Dragon Maids have Xyz no, in themselves. Just, just yeah, just regular Fusion. I thought yeah. oh, they've got the uh, Black Dragon. I thought. Mm-mm. What is the Black Dragon made? Like it's a giant Black Dragon. Oh, Shio. 
Shield, man. That, I thought yeah, that was yeah, a, that's, that's, the that's, that's true fusion. Ball. Yeah, that's oh. the true boss monster of that. Uh, oh, I thought that was an Xyz something. Nope. No. Either way, my point stands of goddamn one monster hits the field, <laughs> you're fucked. And or, then, or God help you if you manage to kill it, it summons out something just as strong. Yes. That's the only thing I like is that it's one of the decks that punishes you for not stopping it and punishes you for stopping it. Which is honestly the thing that I don't like about a lot of the more modern archetypes is that there is no win with it. Like, even down to the point, at least Dragon Maids, if you can banish the card... It doesn't come back. It's banished. Yeah. If, you, if you can banish it or if you if you tribute it, like Kaijus are a good counter, um, or, just, or, or if you bounce them, you know, send them back to the hand. Yeah, just the, the cards, like the deck archetypes, like I said, that are just, oh, did you let it hit the field? You're fucked. Did you destroy it? You're fucked. Did you negate it? You're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck those. Like I said, Patrick's hate for Dragon Mates is understandable. My, my, yeah. my yeah. most of most of my hate, it doesn't even come from getting beat. It's just, I, I, I hit a long string of, of the waifu archetypes. Uh, and, and I can't, I cannot stand getting humiliated by someone else's beat-off material. Yeah, it is not a fun experience when you know you're getting beat by a little, like, 14-year-old kid who's probably also masturbating to the card art as he plays against you. Yeah, okay, that just got a lot more disturbing. See, and now you're not as big of <laughs> well, a fan then, of well, it. Well, <laughs> well, then explain to me, Vaughn, why are they drawn that way? I can't. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It could be worse. There could be a Dance of the Vampire Bund archetype. Ugh. I mean, there is a vampire. I mean, there is archetype. a vampire archetype. Yeah, but it's not dancing the vampire bond archetype. No, I, don't, I can't think of any lolly vampires that are in the game. Fraulein. Yeah, but she's in. She's actually fully clothed. Then no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like dance the vampire bond is a lolly vampire in lingerie. Yeah. Let's get back to Yu-Gi-Oh. Please. Yeah. What's your number three? I don't, don't, don't want to talk about uh, uh, one of our friends' reading habits. <laughs> mm. It's okay. We never mentioned him by name, but we all know. Yeah, we do. Yeah. The 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 friend the friend group listening to this know knows who I'm talking about. And maybe one day he'll <laughs> listen to it and know we've been poking fun at him the whole time. And we know you're not actually a pedophile. We just know that anyone going into your manga collection has to be forewarned that it's gonna look bad. Yeah. So what? Well, we were on your number three. No, number we're on four. My, my, your number no, three. My number three. Yeah. See, so my number three. If I could open the damn Google Doc, there it is. Um, is an archetype that I actually got into from Master Duel, um, and started playing it fairly re fairly recently, and it is the uh, Spiral Agent archetype. They are a archetype that are based heavily off of like the super spy movies. Think James Bond. Yeah, they're mostly James Bond, Jason Bourne, um, that kind of thing. Like um, they highly uh, rely on basically effects that predict whatever the top card of your opponent's deck is. Um, guessing, you know, monster spell or trap, and then if you guess right, your how do they activate. play into an Eldritch deck? What? What? How do spirals play into an Eldritch deck? I 
like mixing them two or what? No, no. Like if you're going to fight an Eldritch deck, is that just like hot damn for you? Because you know you can just always say trap card. Pretty much. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just thought like that must be amazing to be like, oh, I'm getting it's, my card effects. The the your biggest risk is going to be that first turn uh, because. It's all you're all in their hand. They have nothing on the field yet. Is like okay, what what are they gonna play? So normally my opener is uh, playing their uh, stealth. I can't. I'm trying to remember the name name of it. It's like the spiral spiral drone, which predicts like the next three cards of the, of their deck. You can rearrange them in whatever order, and then just cheat from there. <laughs> Um, or if you're playing somebody you know what their archetype is, like, for one, uh, I played it against Ryan, who played his entire deck was, uh, Spell and Traps. No, Monsters and Spell, 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 Spell and Monster, my bad. Uh, and so I, I quickly find out that my 30% is, quickly became a 50%, and my deck got a lot more effective. (laughs) Yeah. That's how I was on with Eldish, because like, alright, I just went up to 100%. <laughs> He's going to have three monsters in that entire deck. I can take getting one wrong guess. Yeah. But they, they, they have a lot of effects that allow you to uh, either special summon them, or, uh, or blow up stuff on the field, or bounce stuff off the field that all relies on mm-hmm. guessing the top card. Yeah, and they don't really have a big beatdown monster, right? They're just kind of swarm the field with mid-monsters and bounce. The boss of that deck is uh, Spiral Double Agent, who's a... Really, he's... The entire archetype is based on Spiral Super Agent, who's like 1900 attack. Yeah. So you summon him, then your normal play after that is to summon the drone. The drone, in addition to predicting the uh, cards in the deck in your opponent's deck, you can also tribute it, and he gains 500 attack based on the number of cards your opponent controls at that moment. Okay. And he keeps that attack bonus. All right. So, so he can become a boss. Yeah. So if they if you've been playing a while and they've got like three monsters and two two traps, he gains 2,500 attack plus 19. All of a sudden, he becomes a much bigger threat. All right. Oof. Um, so that's my number three. What's your number three, Ryan? My number three, and it would definitely be higher if it had ever gotten the touch-up that a lot of earlier archetypes have, um, are the giraffes. I like dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are cool. I also like um, archetypes that not only are heavy into an archetype, but also heavy into like kind of what I like to call their secondary archetype. Um, giraffes are not only dinosaurs, they're fire monsters. And so, the deck plays heavily into both for doing effects that can affect dinosaurs or effects that can affect fire, which also opens me up to all the other archetypes that can affect dinosaurs or fire monsters. It's just, it's fun. It's got a lot of good combos. It's also an archetype, and it's something I look for when I'm looking dark to play. I like the look of it. Uh, like, they're kind of rainbow-colored dinosaurs that are all fire themed so like up and color down color um jurassic park's always my favorite so you know got a lot of cool jurassic park dinosaurs and also it's something that i can play with my opponent and my opponent be having fun playing and that's something i like i don't like a duel that feels like i'm just 
bullying my opponent or my opponent just bullying me. Because most of the time until Master Duel, I was playing in a card shop with friends and all that. And we played with a lot of people who, if you really just fucking stomped them, got real butthurt and bitchy. We all know who those people were at Legion. They got banned and went to other stores. Look, I'm not going to sit here and be insulted on my own podcast. <laughs> not you. <laughs> no, it wasn't you. <laughs> Two of them were brothers. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, see, Vaughn knows. Yep. No, like, I played decks that were just obnoxious. Like, I literally played a deck against Vaughn where for 18 rounds in a row, I did nothing but play one more stall trap after stall trap after stall trap with bugs. Just because I want to see. I wonder if I could be annoying. And I could. Yeah, which also, if you are the type of person that plays a stall deck, who hurt you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so Drax, they're just a lot of fun. They had big beatdown monsters. They had burn effects. They had fusions. They had synchros. They came out to the synchro. And they had stuff. uh, They were one of the first uh, archetypes I spent money and time actually really collecting. Because they all came out of the dual terminals. Which gave them more kind of effect to me. Dual terminals or something they had in Japan where you could go up to a little arcade game, play the cards a game digitally, play through the story of an archetype as they'd have the, these little tri- the Mist Valley birds fighting with the Black Wings to stop the Necrovirus. Like, oh, these are cool. And when, depending on how well you did, you could trade in points you weren't in the game for cards. Yeah. Which, uh, that, that is one neat thing about uh, Master Duel. Uh, it does have a solo mode where you that can is play inspired through by that. Yeah. Uh, the stories of the cards. And at the time, that and was... Some of those stories are fucking tragic. Yeah, yes. The, the, wor- the world heroes got it rough. Yes. You're like, at the time, trying to collect those cards, considering there were dual terminals in America, if you went to, you know, San Diego Comic-Con, or New York Comic-Con, or places where, you know, Konami was like, we're going to spend money to make an appearance here. Yeah. And besides that... You couldn't. So I was like on eBay like, yeah, come to Papa. Yeah, need to say they weren't going to bring the dual terminals to the Birmingham Galleria. No, and um, I made that deck, had it sleeved, and then a pipe burst in my house. And all of the, my good decks got water damaged. Oh no. And my Jirak deck is still intact as long as I never take them out of those really dense form-fitting sleeves. They have melded into them and are still playable, but never can I edit that deck. (laughs) Because you also can't get the sleeves I put them in anymore. So there's there. And I love them to death, and I'd want to play with them more, but unlike pretty much any of the archetypes that came out at the time, because they came out at the same time as Black Wings, the Mist Valley, um, the Ice Barrier, all that, they never got touched or updated afterwards. Yeah. So, that's my number three. I wish it could be higher, but it can't because they're just, they're kind of extinct. Even now, if I tried to play them in Master Duel, they would get beat. Badly. Mm. Alright, so moving on to your number three, Vaughn? Uh, well, my number three is actually something that I picked up also in Master Duel recently. Um bit of a different concept, more control-based. Uh, they're the Witch Crafters. Um, they basically rely on you playing as many spell uh, spell cards as possible, uh, getting out getting out a, a Witch Crafter, and then the end phase, literally getting back every Witch Crafter spell card you played 
either on the field or... I've, I've played them once, and one of the other things that the newer archetypes have taught me is that I don't like reading. <laughs> <laughs> Basically the meme, do Yu-Gi-Oh players actually read? Yeah, like, okay. The other problem is, is with a lot of these archetypes, if you don't know how they play, your opponent will just play 18 cards in a row with paragraphs of text and you're like I don't know what you just did or what I should be worried about Mm -hmm. and this is why Ash Blossom helps (laughs) fuck Ash Blossom (laughs) (laughs) but uh, it's a personal favorite for me just because aside of being from a a waifu deck it's it's a control deck which also happened to have a yeah you're a blue you're a blue magic player so yeah it's fine. Yeah, bad person. <laughs> oh, wow, that's uncalled for. Hear that? You play blue, you're a bad person. Please do not listen to this man. <laughs> as, as someone who's been counterspelled a few times, I, I tend to agree with that. <laughs> wow. If your goal is to not beat me, but make sure I just don't get to play the game that I'm trying to play, you're a bad person. Well, guess it's a good thing that's the only deck I have. That... No, no. Also, Magic Crafters... Aren't really that bad. Like I played them with yeah, my Demion deck. Their goal is there, but it's also not miserable. There are counterplays. There's a back and forth. It is not. They play a lot of cards, but they play a lot of cards, and it's like, all right, I know all of these things are gonna happen. Can I counter each of these effects? They are not. No. Okay. No matter what I do, these are all still gonna go to effect. Because even if I destroy them, I still get punished. Yeah, they're like, not dragon maids by, by yeah. any means. Yeah. I was talking about Sky Strikers. Ugh, gross. Yeah. No matter what, you're, you're fucked. Sky Strikers are another archetype based on a very specific anime. Uh, yeah, the Sky Striker anime. It's not what it's called. No, no, there's straight up a, just Sky Striker anime now. I don't know if it was before or but it is there. Yeah, like Sky Striker anime. I'll look it up and keep talking, but yes. Okay. The Witchcrafters are... They're tough, but like also like I said, like the one time I played them, they're they're very they're very technical. Yeah, like yeah, like I, I got I actually got a little bit of respect if you play a witch witchcrafter, um, because God knows I don't want to read all that. <laughs> Try to keep all them effects in my mind. <laughs> well, like the only time I played against uh, that deck was like with my Endymion deck, which also requires you to just play a fuck ton of spells. So that quickly came down to like, all right, me and Vaughn are gonna do this match three times. Who goes first? Because if I can go first, then every card Vaughn plays just feeds into my, like, engine of doom. But if he goes first and gets all his effects off, then I'm just like, fuck, 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 fuck. It becomes a battle of attrition. Yeah, it just becomes, like, who who can get their engine, like, who can make their opponent pour gasoline into their engine first? <laughs> like, neither of us were bringing our own fuel we're just like, all right, if I put my engine down, he's got to put gas in it. <laughs> all right, so moving on to my number two. Uh, my number two is the Machina archetype. Um, the mock once again, feeding into my, you know, my childhood loves becoming my Yu-Gi-Oh loves. Um, they're another thing that... They're not technically Transformers. Like, they don't have full-on vehicle modes, but if you look at their designs... They do look a lot like Autobots. Oh, they're definitely tra- they're Transformers. Yeah, um, they just don't transform. Yeah, they they, they are they're just they are robot people. They are Cybertronians. Yes. Um, the archetype itself is composed of 
pretty much entirely earth machine monsters. Um, a few of the archetypes are, te are dark machines. Um, but there are two ways you can play it. Um, one relies heavily on um, uh, on three monsters, uh, Commander Covington, um, Machina, God dang it, what's, Machina Defender, and Machina uh, Sniper. No, Machina Soldier, Machina Sniper. Um, I don't play that archetype, that that one. Um, I play uh, Machina Fortress, which is like a seven star, uh, a se seven star twenty five hundred that uh, can special summon himself. <laughs> Sorry, uh, like, I know this is derailing the podcast. Um, Facebook just sent me a meme that is only on point for this. Oh God. <laughs> It's Jimmy from uh, South Park dressed up as Yu-Gi-Oh going, It's t t t t t time to... Oh my god, we should put that in the footnotes of the episode. Special place in hell. But anyway, like, the way I the way I play I play the Machinas is I special summon Fortress, who's like 2,500, and from there the pain starts. Um, most of the deck is searching for him and dropping a different monster who looks like a Machina Fortress that stood up, um, <laughs> and is called Machina Citadel, which is like 3,000. So if for whatever reason you destroy one of my high-powered machines, Machina Citadel comes from the graveyard and he can basically tribute himself to Raigeki everything that's 3,000 or attack points or lower off of the field. Oh, that's just gross. Yeah, uh, he, he, that's a once per turn, and that's once again he's triggered on any time something of mine is destroyed. So, what? Of, so what? Of, what? Of, All he means is I need to get Sir Master Servers out there with the quickness. Yeah, uh, like one of one of one of one of my strategies in the deck is, you know, torrential tribute, destroy everything on the field, and then bring out my three thousand. Um, and they do have a very. Uh, easy OTK that they can play into because if you get two citadels out, you exes summon to the I forget the name of the name the exact name of the monster. Just, it looks like a big old train with a cannon on it. Oh, the super dreadnought rail cannon. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. You exes to that. Uh, discard. Uh, detach one. Does two thousand damage. You can tribute itself to exes again into the. Super Dreadnought Ultra Fuck You Cannon. <laughs> uh, detach one, it becomes 6,000 and boom, uh, Super Dreadnought Cannon Express Gustav. Yeah, Gustav turns it, goes to Libe, and that's 8,000 damage. Yep. And yeah, the the Super Cannons are stupid. Yeah. Uh, my, my first time uh, experiencing them... Um, I kind of, I almost, I almost crap myself because I, I'm, I'm used to like, you know, monsters. I'm not used to trains. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, this archetype is all trains? Oh. All 3,000 attack point trains? What is this? Didn't I fight this shit in the last Armored Core game? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. I was like, I didn't know Thomas swore a blood vengeance on me. <laughs> <sighs> So now we go to my number two. Yep. My number two, and um, it is actively something I want to make in um, 
uh, Master Duel, but it's also one of those archetypes where all of the cards I need to support it are not in any secret packs, so I can't farm for them because I need all the bamboo sword cards, all the pot, you know, all the pots and the jars. It is your boy, the Forbidden One, the Five Knuckle Shuffle, Exodia. How gross are you? <laughs> I'm sorry. Exodia is the bomb. Exodia is technically, if you want to get stupid, the first archetype. The first thing that said, hey, play all these five cards together, these specific cards together, get an effect. Still, the only alternate win in the game of just, you don't have to get your opponent's life points to zero, do this, win. Well, no, they're, they're, well, mil I mean, they're still uh, mill decks. Destiny board. Yeah, mill decks, destiny board, uh, final countdown. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, the original. I forgot about all the bullshit. The, you the only, had a final countdown deck. I know, and it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Look, the only also one that has stayed relevant, like Exodia, has always been good. Yeah. Uh, and like, it's always stayed good. At, at this at this point, when I... If I'm playing Master Duel and my opponent's first move is playing, uh, was it Royal Magical Library? Mm-hmm. I, I know I know I can just kind of scroll TikTok for the next ten minutes because uh, he's gonna be cycling through his entire deck to get Exodia, or he's gonna fuck up misplay and quit. Yep. Either way, the duel <laughs> is out of my hands. <laughs> and also, honestly, um, I fought with and against Exodia a lot on uh, Duel Links. That was the the yeah, PS4 yeah, that was the mobile game. game. The PS no not not the mobile game the PS4 and uh, Legacy Le Duel Legacy Duelist. Duelist. Um, and in Legacy of the Duelist, they had a lot of the iconic monsters that when you summon them, they'd get a little cool cutscene. It's satisfying as fuck to get all five cards in your hand and watch the cutscene of Exodia come out and just wreck someone's shit. Whether that shit is my opponent's or mine. So, like, I've never lost to Exodia and felt bad about it. I was, I was like, god damn, Exodia's cool. It, it's why I still love Exodia. Even I, though haven't, you I, some... haven't, I haven't seen his animation in Legacy of the Duelist. Um, the Master Duel animations. One, I, I like that there are a lot of them, and they uh, and they happen when they when certain boss monsters are summoned. Yeah. Um, I like that more than Legacy of the Duelist, which did it every time that monster attacked. Oh, when they re-released the game on Switch, it switched to when they're summoned only. Okay, that's that's much better. Yeah, because sometimes you'd have like a big boss monster that could attack three times, and you're like, oh my god. Yeah. No, like, Exodia's just, he's a Ex bad Ex bitch. Exodia has an animation in Master Duel. Once again, it takes the length of time it takes to cipher, siphon through an Exodia deck. Yeah, like, it's just, he's a cool, like, looking monster. Like, all the memorabilia forms cool. Like, I'm still looking for the uh, big uh, Exodia pop figure just to have. Because, like, like, nobody has, like... I don't think any monster archetype in the game has made the impression Exodia did either the first time he was summoned. Because, like, sure, it's still in the first episode. We don't really know much about dual monsters. But nothing else has ever come out of the show and me as a child going, Oh, Yugi just killed that man. Yep. Yeah, like, there's never been a monster that just showed an attack. And I was and like, then, oh. And then three episodes later, we will just toss them into the fucking ocean. And they never come back. How did they never come back? 
they make a big deal out of those cards for then in Duelist City, some fucking, like, meth head to just show up and be like, I got an Exodia deck, buddy. You want to duel me? <laughs> yep, that was, that, was, that was the Exodia Necro, yeah. Yeah. And also just a lot of the other, like, alternate Exodia cards all look cool. Exodia Necros looks cool. Um, Exod, Master of the Guard, they all look cool. Like, well, that, my only problem, you know, the only problem I had, I had with it, towards the end of Yu-Gi-Oh, they eventually, like, you know, go back in time to the ancient Egyptian when they actually summoned monsters. No one summoned Exodia. Mm. He was never to be seen. That's because no one had the balls. <laughs> like, look, egg, this spot was hotly that contested. That was the time to make Exodia a character. This spot was hotly contested because I always knew what my number one was going to be. But number two, it was like, all right, it's either Exodia or the Egyptian gods. Which one should it be? And then as I was literally thinking about this on Facebook, I scrolled past a picture of Exodia sitting on a throne made from the Egyptian gods chained together into the semblance of a chair. And I was like, all right, universe, I understand your will. All right. So what's your number two, Mom? Uh, My number two is... The, the last of the waifu trilogy, so be happy about this. It's not the last. I know there are more. <laughs> I mean, there are more, but I mean, of like my I, particular three. Like there's, a, there's, there's a Vocaloid archetype. <laughs> yeah, but that's not one I'm ever going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my number two are the Medolce uh, archetype. Oh, that was not too bad. No, no, that's no. One, that one's actually fun. That one is specifically one I'm trying to get my wife into playing the game, and I thought she would like, just because it's cute and charming. Yes. And it's not infuriating to play against. My only prop, I, I've, I only have one negative thing to say about the Medolce's. Um, in one of the solo, in the solo modes of Master Duel, they're trying to teach you an archetype, but one of the things they do towards the latter end of the, of the, your of that playthrough is they'll give you a loner deck, which is normally that archetype mixed with something else. And they won't necessarily tell you how to play the something else. Yeah, that does become a problem. Yeah, so when so when you're playing um what was I playing? Uh it was it wasn't the world heroes, it was the one right before that. Um but it but it was like you know it was like uh the Cliff Offs or something. It's Cliff Off mixed with Medolce. Usually you you take advantage of both archetypes to win it's like how the hell does that work? <laughs> How do Eldritch gods mix with these little cream puff women? <laughs> it's like, because you, you, I've already had three different scenarios to teach me how to use the Glyphoths, but nothing to teach you how to use the Medulchers. <laughs> oh. but, uh, but yeah, like as far as how they work, I mean, even if like you send them out, but um, the... Are they are they an Xyz archetype? Yes. Okay. Uh, they also have a a, a link uh, monster as well. I mean, I'm assuming everyone's gonna get a link at some point. Yeah. Uh, well, my number one probably will never get a, <laughs> get one. Yeah, I mean, yeah it, but then again, link summoning is the worst summoning. Is it though? Yes. Is it? Yes. I I am <laughs> I will be vocal in my distaste of link summoning. Because I don't think any monster should be able to... I come out onto the field. It requires one Link monster. I Link summon this monster. Its effect goes off. I now have one monster on the field. It Link summons another monster. Its effect goes off. And you just 
can keep Link summoning one creature over and over and over and over. You should at least have to have a minimum of two things or something for that type of summoning. Like, it's... It's why Sky Strikers are infuriating. Oh, I'll agree with you on that one. Yeah, yeah like, it's... The well, way... Yeah, the, the, mo most of the irritation at some of these new archetypes is just... Part of it is just because it makes the turn take so long. Yes. Like, and it's not... Especially because... And also because, like, it's always like, you know, this is one 1100 attack strength monster that becomes a 1500 attack strength monster that becomes an 800 attack strength monster that becomes a, a, a 1200 attack strength monster <laughs> that finally finally becomes a 33,000 attack a 3300 attack monster that had nothing to do with the previous theme yeah because it's just people like the fact that, like, someone won a big tournament and was like, oh, with their Sky Striker deck, and the only card in their entire deck that was Sky Striker outside of their extra deck was um, Raya, the, the red one. Isn't that who it is? Sky Striker Raya? Yeah. Yeah, they had three Raya's in the deck, and the rest of their deck was some other just cards. It's like, yeah, it's a Sky Striker deck. And I'm like, no, it's not. No. It's like, yeah, like, that's that's why I don't like Link Summoning. That's why I think Link Summoning is the worst. Just... I like the idea of Link Summoning, but in practice, I think it is the worst because I think you should have to have at least two monsters to do any little special crazy extra deck summoning. Which, I can agree with that. Yeah. Like, because the Xyz, Xyz are cool. I love the Xyz Summoning. I like the Medulce's Xyz Summoning. Like, but, ugh. <laughs> you were going to say Pendulum was the worst summoner, aren't you? You can't prove that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're wrong. <laughs> All right, so you're number. This is number two. So now my number one. Uh, my number one. Uh, let's see, once again, it, there's a lot. There's a lot of my childhood loves that go into this archetype. Uh, you know, one of the one of the first anime I ever anime I ever watched was uh, Ronin Warriors, which some people know as Samurai Troopers. Um, the first anime I ever collected was, uh, one of the first anime I ever collected was Samurai 7, which was, like, an anime adaptation of the Seven Samurai movie. Uh, so, so one of my, so probably my favorite archetype in the game is the Six Samurai. Um, the Six Samurai were, is a warrior archetype that was first introduced in, uh, I think it was the GX set. I think it was, it was, Strike, the, it was Strike of Neos. I think it was GX. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and basically, they are... Bullshit. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> they are an archetype that rely on at least two of them being out. Yes. To act, to turn on all their effects. And each set, each six samurai has a unique effect. Um, going either from monster destruction to face down... Monster destruction, spell and trap negation, um, and then they're the other. Uh, they have other supports like uh, their grandmaster and the grandmaster, uh, the chamberlain, and the shogun. You know, Anishi, who totally looks like a bad guy. Yes, it, it looks like the fucking villain of a um, Onimusha game. Yeah. Also, to be fair, if you want the visuals of this game, picture if a bunch of weeb white kids went to a rave in their samurai cosplay. I will say the six samurai actually look Asian. 
No, I'm just saying with how their armor designs and all that are, like, with all the neon stripes on them. Yeah, they 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 do look very, uh, you know, uh, Neo, Neo Tokyo Samurai. <laughs> like, and they've gotten so many other, like, semi-archetypes off them. Because yeah, there's like there because in addition because by now, I'm assuming they were very popular. Yes, they kept getting supported. Now there's like, like the they, super six samurai, the well, secret six there, samurai. There's the legendary mm-hmm. six samurai, which are the generation of six samurai before the main uh, group, um, and which once again with the car telling telling the story, uh, mm-hmm. with the first set there were a bunch of. Uh, you know, extra six samurai, not true six samurai, but parts of that archetype. And you can see where the legendaries became those support cards. Um, like, uh, that's how you started to learn, like, oh, Grandmaster uh, of the Six Samurai was actually uh, Kizan, because he was the light samurai before, uh, Z- before um, Zanji. Uh, then there are the secret six samurai who are basically the ninjas serving under Shien. Yeah, they are the they are the waifus of the six samurai set. Yeah, um, not all because there because there was also a female legendary six samurai. No, I just know they're they're all specifically yeah. Kunoichi for the secret six samurai. Yes, um, and one other bit they because they kept getting supported they have uh, an Xyz monster and a Shien monster so it is actually possible. To have three uh, three Shiens who were the Shogun of the yes. Six Samurai. That is actually, oh. I'll give it that, a lot of the sets have. Um, I thought about putting in the Noble Knights. Yeah. But I honestly don't remember enough how, how they play. But like Arthur. They, all, they all key off of the Noble Arms. Yeah, and Arthur has a Xyz, a Synchro, and a Link now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it gets weird because it... It almost seems like they tried to base the other versions of Shein off of Shein in different stages of his life. So it looks like Shein is aging backwards. Because <laughs> his first form, his just regular effect monster, looks... It's the one in, like, the big, you know, Oyoroi armor on the throne. Look, he's just aging glowing, Benjamin Button. With glowing red <laughs> eyes. Because, again... The six samurai clearly think clearly are drawn and you know in all the artwork they are depicted to be okay they're they're heroes. Shein looks like a villain. <laughs> He's Nobunaga. Yeah. <laughs> like he looks like every bad guy design of Nobunaga you can find from anime. Yeah, this is clearly after Nobunaga became evil by worshiping Jesus. Is that how that worked? That is how like when they demonized <laughs> no, Nobunaga. No, Nobunaga converted to Christianity so that the Dutch would give him cannons. Oh, yeah, yeah. and so that's that. when that's like true. they started kind of demonizing him, lower mega bad guys because of that, which is weird. <laughs> that is about forty percent of what I know of Japanese history because of anime and and video games. Yep, <laughs> we're all better for it. All right, so. Uh, you're number one, uh, Ryan. I number one. Uh, I already mentioned one of the contenders because I had several contenders the for this. Uh, the contenders were the Egyptian gods, the noble knights, or the insectors. But all of these have been hit by the issue, which makes them not actually fit in my thing, 
which is that you can't really play the archetypes anymore because they have key cards in them that have been either banned or limited because they affected other archetypes so much that it makes playing the actual archetype they're meant for really difficult. Um, Guinevere is like limited slash... I know she was banned for a while. I think she's just down to limited because she, the way she interacted with other cards, which really just threw a, you know, wrench in the gears of Noble Knights. Insectors, limited Hornet, because it was doing some crazy shit. So those all took it out. The Egyptian gods, I don't even know if they are legal right now. They, they are. are. They are? Okay. Yeah, they're just also not good, because it takes so much to get them out. It finally brought me back to the archetype that I've always loved, even back from before they had archetypes. Which, uh, one thing I will say, they're, they're actually viable, is just playing all three gods in the same deck is kind of hard. Yeah, no, if I was going to do anything, it'd like, be a you, Slifer yeah, deck. Yeah, you, you can make a Slifer or an Obelisk or a Raw deck. The problem is, Slifer's also the weakest. Yeah, but he's yeah. also the easiest to use. Yeah, but the problem is, is there's too many decks that could just shut his uh, shit also, also, down. Also, one of the just bad things about the Egyptian gods, the Egyptian gods in the show are a lot stronger than the Egyptian gods are in the game. In the in the in the uh, show, you can't just play uh, Fisher and kill a god. No, you can in the game. <laughs> yes, I am Slifer, the Sky Dragon. I fell into a crack in the ground. <laughs> yeah, but um, so all of those, I fell back to like the thing I always enjoyed with original playing that is I have always loved the design of the spellcasters in it. Because something they go through through a lot of the archetypes, a lot of the fiend monsters have the same kind of design as Summon Skull. A lot of the dragons have a similar look to Red Eyes and Blue Eyes. The warriors, a lot of them all look like Gaia. Well, that's good. Most, most of them are drawn by the same guy. Yeah, I'm saying that's just to yeah. sell the point of like, if you like a look of things going forward, um, the Dark Magician and everything spawned off from him, I have always had a big uh, love for. And that eventually spawned into the love of uh, when they introduced a gimmick called spell counters, which were, you know, certain cards. Every time you played a spell, you could play a spell counter. You could use spell counters to trigger stuff, including just one of my favorite cards in the game, Breaker, the Magical Warrior. I really dig Breaker. He looks like Dark Magician, but a warrior. I've always liked someone who can do a bit of Stabra and a bit of Kadabra. And that all evolved into a dude named Endymion. And the magical citadel of Endymion. And I was like, this is a cool gimmick. And I played a bit of it. Had a deck that actually worked. That's when I played with Tempest Mage, Arcanite Mage. A lot of those right there in the start of the 5Ds era that used spell counters. But then I dropped out of the game for a long while and came back in. And when I played Legacy of the Duelist... I basically tried to play through each season with a deck or archetype that fit that season. And when I finally was getting done and I got to the last season on the Switch, and I was like, alright, what's an archetype that came out in this season? And I was looking through them for the pendulum summons and all that, and I was like, Endymion? You mean that, what? Did they release new Endymion cards? And then I went down a rabbit hole that had me coming out going, a whole new world! And so, yes, my favorite archetype, hands down, bar none, because it builds on my entire history of playing this game, is the Pendulum Endymion archetype. A lot of people hate Pendulum Summoning. Yep. And I understand 
Why? Kind of. It's because they're weaker men. <laughs> they're lesser people. If if people. It's all. It's okay. We forgive you. We, the people sitting on our pedestal of pendulum summoning, are benevolent gods. <laughs> and mostly I'm just trying to egg on Vaughn right now, who's flipping me the bird. I, was like, I don't even necessarily hate them. I just, I, I just don't use it because uh, I, I, it's too complicated for me. You know, um, I like pendulum summoning. I, I, I play, I play you, you know, very smooth brain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me summon big beat stick. Hit you a stick. Yeah. <laughs> you playing them swamp and mountain guard type decks? <laughs> like I got a card. I play it with this card. It make it hit harder. I hit you with nuts. <laughs> And Demion, that's why I t- that's why I attack you the number of co- time that comes after two. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, and Demion plays into pendulum summoning, and I I like the pendulum effect, the idea of it. But the best pendulum decks don't use pendulum summonings. They just use monsters being able to play to spell cards. Like, and I like that flavor. I like that the entire gimmick of the Endymion deck is all of the cards. Whether it's the old original cards that had spell counters, or the new ones, which I like that they updated a lot of the new ones. There's Breaker the Magical Warrior, which for one spell counter can destroy a spell or trap, and he also gains 300 attack. He can hold a maximum of one spell counter. And then there's Breaker the Dark Magical Warrior, who if he's pendulum summoned, gets three spell counters, can still destroy one spell or trap, and gains 400 attack per each. And I've had a Breaker who by the end of the duel had 23 spell counters on him just because I was like, let's get stupid. And I did. And so like, the whole deck, I like that it said it plays into my entire love of the aesthetic that I've always liked through the games, the fun of playing the spell cards, the different ways it does it. It has ways to negate, you know, any type of spell or trap, any type of monster. It has ways to fight pretty much anything in the game Without also just making feel like, haha, I can just, I drew one card in my hand and now you're fucked because I was able to spawn this and this and this. I like that each time I draw a hand, it is a puzzle. And I just have to figure out how to turn those puzzle pieces into an engine that can run. And I normally can. Um, and depending on what your opponent's playing, I like that your opponent can play into that or entirely against it. Like, if I play an Eldritch player... I'm just sitting there miserable like, why won't you give me any spell counters? I just need a few more. Can't you help me? And then I'll fight Vaughn with his magic caster people. And I'm just like, oh my god, look. I'm like that fucking rabbit in Wreck-It Ralph 2. I can't eat anymore or I'll explode. Listen, it's just... Hey? You seen that one? Mm-mm. Um, it's used in the trailer. There's like, Wreck-It Ralph like goes into a little like phone game for kids where... The bunny gets pancakes. The um, chick, the like the little baby chick, gets milkshakes, and so they come out with like five hundred stacks of pancakes. Keeps overfeeding them, overfeeding them, overfeeding them until like the last one makes the little bunny gurgle because he's swollen and bloated. Then it pans out to the little like three year old sitting in the car seat watching, and you see a flash and hear a loud pop, and the girl goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> "Oh, that's where that meme fit." Yes. <laughs> like so, like. I'm gushing about it, but like it's just—it's a lot of fun to play. The fact that it is a pendulum archetype plays into it because each of the pendulum monsters you play into the pendulum zone 
also can build spell counters and also build spell counters onto the other cards that have it. So everything in the deck works together to build on itself in some way. And I like the fact that I am never going for the same play over and over again. I'm able to adapt and go, okay, what do I need to do? What can I do? And still always feel like I'm playing something while also playing a deck that visually looks cool. Because a problem you can have in Yu-Gi-Oh! has been like, well, yeah, you know what the coolest deck to play right now is? The fucking Dreadnought Rail Cannon deck, where all it is is trains, trains, and more trains. Or, here, here's the Drytons. What are they? Vague, angular shapes. What's that? I'm going to play Utopia. Does Utopia look good? Some of them. That won't matter. You're only going to see that some bitch for two seconds before it summons up another Utopia. Then another one, and another one, and another one, and another one. Because it's like herpes. It just never goes away. I like the fact that, I mean, y'all have played my Endymion decks. I don't think there's any singular card in that deck that if it hits the field, y'all are just like, Ugh, fuck you for playing. I mean, there's one. What? What? You're freaking, like, Master of Endymion, like, boss monster. He's a good one, but he's not bullshit. Over, he's not overpowered. I yeah, like that's, that. like, nothing is like that. It, all the cards play into each other. I like a deck that is plays into itself well. And at the end of the day, I can have an entire deck of nothing but something. Like, my building block for it was, I want every single card in this deck to either add spell counters or be able to hold spell counters. And it does. Or a deck that just, every single card says something Endymion. I like to play an archetype that is an archetype and not, I'll take two cards from here and then 30 other cards from this other thing and that's the archetype. No, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to say you're playing an archetype, play the archetype and the Endymion archetype is playing that archetype without being a negative play experience for my opponent. Unless I get a really good starting hand and then I make no, like, no apologies for what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, so you're number one, Vaughn. Uh, my number one, uh, honestly for this, I have to go back to uh, 2008, where I first started playing this archetype, but was playing it completely wrong. Uh, it's the Black Wings, and they are fun, because... They rely on speed, speed, and more speed. Yeah. Black Wings were the... I was the... honestly worried you are going to say Glad Beasts. No. No. Fuck Glad Beasts. <laughs> yeah. Look, Glad Beasts and Light Sworn aren't that good anymore. Uh, no, but when I, when I first when I first met Vaughn, it was playing uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! at, uh, at Legion. Our, yeah, our which had drive. nothing but Glad Beasts and Light yeah, Sworn. And that was, the, that was the time when I had my Six Samurai deck. Uh, well, you know, so my first time playing uh, was uh, playing someone against against the Glad Beast. I never heard of Glad Beast before then. Yeah, and, and you didn't know what they did because they just played card after card after card yeah. after card after card. Um, Black Wings are when I uh, try to talk about going from uh, the first season of Duel Monsters and uh, GX into what I consider modern Yu-Gi-Oh. I think Black Wings are the catalyst for what the game has become. Yep, I think Black Wings are what you can basically put the entire franchise on the back of, of they're the first thing where it's like, all right, play this card, summon one more black wing, which can, you can, if you play the right one, can summon another one, which can summon another one. And if you played yourself right, you could just keep going and going and going and build a huge engine. Yeah. And, and that engine 
is extensive in itself. Like, yeah. Black Whirlwind is probably the catalyst for every play that you make. Yeah, and like it used other cards that were always there, but never that great. Like Icarus Attack. Icarus Attack didn't have game before Black Wings. But the second you had 30,000 birds to fuel it with, Icarus Attack became scary. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it's something that, like, I also like a lot of archetypes that have it. None of the basic... I mean, there's a couple, but almost none of the basic Black Wings are scary. Or even, honestly, all that cool-looking. Well, like, I mean, I mean there's one. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> they're good... They're no, decent. I'm not saying they're decent, but like most of them are just, hey, like like uh, like, the, like, like Boar of the Spear is pretty nice. Yeah, it looks high, but like like what's it? The North Wind, that's just a seagull. Yeah, yeah. See, my my, my issue with the Black Wings and it and I, part of it, I, I share this with this issue with the Dragon Maids and the Glad Beasts, uh, is the issue that okay, are they supposed to be birds or bird people? They're winged beasts, yeah. and that's all that matters. Yeah, that's that's not good enough. No, that's, <laughs> um, that's actually, it's like, it's like I say the same thing to the dragon man. Are they dragons or are they dragon women? Look, no, because some of them are clearly dr- more woman than dragon. That's actually why. Like I was about to say, I liked the black wings. I like that their basic monsters, all for the most part, are just they're just birds. Yeah, yeah. like maybe a little bird persony. But mostly, they're just birds. The str- the, then you but, hear the synchro summons, and then motherfuckers like the raid black wings. Yeah, Mu- oh, much, yeah. much, much, much like, much like, uh, much like any anime demons. The stronger you get, the more humanoid you become. Yeah, no, no. And, and then you have armor, armor, freaking uh, armor master. Man. Yeah, not, not armor master, but like the evolution armor. Uh, the one that's unaffected by anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then what's, what's the one with the big, the big uh, bazooka? I think that's Armor Master. Yeah. yeah, Armor Master. The one yeah. who puts out wedge counters. Which, by the way, fuck wedge counters. Yeah. Mm. Fuck wedge counters. But no, mm. like, all the assault black wings are awesome. Yes. Yeah, Raikiri is dope. Like, they all look cool. Like, it's actually... I actually kind of prefer that in an archetype. Because also, I like the fact that black wings, you do... You are always fishing for certain ones. But, like, none of the black wing cards were ever banned or put to such a limited amount that it shut the archetype down. Black Whirlwind. Yeah. They, Black got, Whirlwind got nuked to yep. one at one point. It would slowed it down, but it didn't nuke the archetype into uselessness. It took it from being the number one unstoppable archetype to still being pretty damn Top good. Tier, yeah. yeah. Like a lot of archetypes have come out like I said, like with no the noble arms, the noble knights. Guinevere getting nuked down to one took them out of rotation. Right. Black Wings have always stayed there, and as they've evolved and got more releases, they've stayed in the thing. They've never evolved past what their idea was, which is swarming the field with weaker birds to bring out big fucking anime bird badasses. They've always stayed open enough, because Wing Beasts, weirdly, Wing Beasts are a type that get a lot of open end support. You get a lot of weird support cards for Wing Beasts that can apply just as well to Black Wings as the Mist Valley Birds or the Raid Raptors or anything. Yeah. Wing Beasts also is also one of the ones where I, I tend to see them... I tend to see those archetypes get mixed a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, you'll see a smattering of uh, uh, the Mist Valleys with Raid Raptors. Yeah. Or Harpies with Black Wings. Like, 
Yeah, my current my current uh, Master Duel deck is Black Wings and Raid Raptors. Yeah, so. yeah, like, and it also feels good because because Wing Beasts are so like they are specific. They are either straight up birds or bird people. So it doesn't. I don't know. The Raid Raptors look, just look like jets. <laughs> well, that's, they're still bird jets. <laughs> are they? Yes. <laughs> no, because if they were just jets, I would have played them. But like, I like that. I mean, there is a jet archetype. Yeah. If you if I show you the card art for just like a lot of the you know, uh, synchro or the Xyz uh, black wings, next with a bunch of the harpies. The only way you're going to know whose is whose is, well, that one has tits. So I'm going to say it's a harpy. Yeah. Like, no, no, like, I will fully support the Black Wings. The Black Wings, um, depending on um, how you view how modern Yu-Gi-Oh! is, is either the start of something great or the first nail in the coffin of the game Yu-Gi-Oh! But if you're just one of those old neckbeards who thinks the game should never have gotten past GX, you're wrong. Yeah. Like, there's so much fun to be had in this stupid game. The archetypes are great. So, like, I mentioned four other archetypes that I was like, oh, yeah, this is strong in the contention, just for the fun gimmick of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, which leads me to my one uh, honorable mention. This one, it didn't it didn't make my list, but I just I wanted to talk about it briefly. Um, this one, it doesn't tie into necessarily a childhood love of mine, but... I found this archetype at the, around at the same time I saw a very particular anime, um, and that the anime is Hajime no Ippo, and the archetype is the Batlin Boxers. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> I happened to watch Hajime no Ippo, which, like, you know, I freaking love that love that anime. It's, this is probably the only time I've, I'll ever get to talk about it. Um, but at that same time, I was just kind of just boxing was on my brain and then I heard then I don't remember where I was when I heard that there was a battling boxer arch- archetype um but they are a uh, warrior archetype they uh showed up in they sh- made they had an anime appearance in Yu-Gi-Oh Zexel I don't know what set they started in um but it's but they are a warrior archetype and their whole basically all of the all the monsters are named after either a piece of boxing equipment or a style of or a style of fighting. Like you know, there's a uh, you know Big Bandage who is obviously Bandage, uh, Star Cestus named after the Cestus, you know, yeah. after Cestus, uh, Rabbit Punch, um, Sparrow, Shadow Boxing, um, and the entire archetype keys off of the battle phase. Um, essentially, the Turn order in Yu-Gi-Oh goes uh, draw, standby, main phase one, battle phase, main phase two, end phase. Um, and all of their effects are either getting ready for or triggering during that phase. So uh, it's a good way to get around everyone's like, oh, this powers me up at the last at the at the last minute to destroy your monster. Well, I negate that. And it's a counter trap in the battle phase, so you got nothing, and I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> like counter trap or counter trap is one of the fastest uh, effects in the game. Like there, are very few things. The chain only effect off faster is slapping your opponent. Yeah, his whole hand in the face. Like I have, I have had, I've had people quit 
in in uh, Master Duel because like I attack them, uh, they tri- they try to trigger effect. I uh, ca- I ca- I use the counter punch, which is the name of the trap of the uh, trap card, negates and destroys their boss monsters effect. D- negates the effect and destroys their boss monster, and they just quit after that. And I, 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 I maybe hit them for like 200, but because it just blew up their strongest monster, they get pissy. No, look, I mean, we could do a whole other episode probably of just like, just more archetypes. Because, like, literally, you mentioning Zach's made me go, oh, fuck yeah, Brotherhood of the Fire Fist and Super Heavy Samurai. Yeah. <laughs> An archetype I, I like, but I never, I never built a deck for. Which one? Either of them. Oh, yeah. The Super Heavy Samurai is such a unique archetype. It's like it's yeah, so they, weird, but fun. Is. Yeah, they they look unique. But I was like, this 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 requires this requires the you know thought thought power that I'm not I'm not. It trying really to doesn't. It looks yeah. so complicated until you just find out. No, you play big Ben K, get everything in defense mode, everything attacks in defense mode, and your opponent can't trigger anything to stop you, because like ninety percent of trap cards say. Your opponent's attack mode monsters or anything yeah. like that, like like uh, like Mirror Force, Lightning Storm. They all specifically say or, attack yeah. mode. Funny enough, the amount of cards that say like oh doubles in a, a monster's defense or something. Like there's oh. several of those oh. that are just obscene with the super heavy samurai, and all from the bumbling joke character of a season. Because Gone really? Strong is the joke character of that yeah. season. Really, yeah. I, I, yeah. Ne- I never saw Zexel, so I, I didn't know. I haven't either. I just played through it um, in the... Uh, the Switch version actually had the updated story to play through it. Mm-hmm. He is the, like, Joey Wheeler... Um, the, um... What's his name? The little fucking blue-haired boy from GX. Cyrus? Cyrus, yeah. He's the bumbling, like, sidekick friend of the main character who's like, Yeah, I'm proficient at the game, but anytime there's a big badass... I'm going to lose to him so that then the main character can come in and beat him. I don't appreciate this Joey slander. <laughs> really? The, no, the, like seriously, the writer of the show said Joey is the, easily the best duelist. He's wrong. Well, yeah, because so. Joey doesn't have magical bullshit. Like, he, he, had, he, had, he had to play with garbage. <laughs> yeah, Joey's, Joey's the luckiest duelist. Because Joey always comes out with a, alright, uh, I'm going to come out with something that literally requires me to flip a coin or roll a dice and hope I win. Hey, I won! Yeah. <laughs> but, no, no. If <laughs> it you, worked. <laughs> if Yugi's got enough connections to get whatever the fuck cards he wants from his grandpa, Joey has the connections. Because there ain't no way, like, you know... Grandpa Milk would be like, no, I won't give you cards. And Joey would be like, listen here, old man. There is no way you can't say that I am not at least 40% responsible for you not being a soulless husk right now. Give me the goddamn Red Eyes Darkness Metal Dragon. Well, you totally can't, because you know, remember, Joey was uh, Joey was Yugi's bully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Right. Joey and yeah. Tristan were bullies you know, before they, before they eventually befriended Yugi. Because oh, yeah. you could taught them how to play dual monsters. He, you know, Grandpa would probably give it to Taya because Grandpa's a perv. Yeah, Grandpa, Grandpa tried to give it to Taya. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see, but... To be fair, though, Taya need to be locked up, because that girl is into young boys. Yeah, she has a type. Or does she? Because she was really more for the pharaoh. The pharaoh was like two feet taller than Yugi. <laughs> True, the pharaoh was a grown-ass man inside a little boy. The gro- pharaoh might pharaoh have been was, a Catholic priest. Pharaoh was a grown-ass, was a grown-ass black man. That was, a, that was an Egyptian pharaoh. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Egyptian people can't be black. I've seen the movie Egyptian Gods. Was that it? <laughs> what? Yeah, that, that, that documentary? <laughs> yeah, that was historically accurate. I didn't see a single person who failed the paper bag test in that movie. <laughs> Only thing more historically accurate is Scarlett Johansson and Ghost of the Shell. Oh my god. Wait, can I say historically accurate that movie takes place in the future? I'm going to end this quick. <laughs> <laughs> this was us talking about talking about uh, you know children's card games. Um, this, I was your host, Patrick, co-host uh, Ryan. Say bye, Ryan. Kaiba did nothing wrong. Uh, special guest host, Vaughn. Say bye, Vaughn. Bye. Uh, you can find our podcast literally anywhere. Just type in Capricorn Podcast. We should be the first thing that comes up. It's the only thing that comes up. I have guaranteed it. Uh, give us a like, give us a comment, give us a follow. Let us know what your favorite Yu-Gi-Oh archetype was, or hell, you know, t- tell us, tell us that we should grow up and play Magic instead. <laughs> hey, we are not the first thing that comes up when you Google Cavern Corner. Oh, then someone needs to die. Nope, it is a featured collection of classic sleeved polo sh- shirts. Wait, did you, did you type in Cavern Corner or Cavern Corner podcast? Just Cavern Corner. Yeah, try typing in Cavern Corner podcast. No, no, even with Cavern Corner, you are the second thing to come up. And then there's Critter Cavern Corner Logs, which what are... What the um, hell is that? That is Logs for Pet Iguanas. Oh. So just typing in Cavern Corner gets you pretentious British polo shirts, our podcast, Logs for Iguanas. So that is a fucking just slice of the internet right there. If you got to us on accident, please tell me your story. <laughs> yeah, because then we go to another website about Cavern Corner Logs, us on Anchor FM, then Spotify, more logs, shirts, us again, more logs. <laughs> There's a lot of Cavern Corner Logs. Yeah, uh, okay, apparently I gotta talk to the log people. Oh, and they're all cut to fit into a corner of a cage. That's why they're Cavern Corner. They're all cut literally with a like 90 degree angle in the back. I go, do they have like cave yeah, they're Barbie. like a round log that's okay. hollowed out that you can slide into the corner of an aquarium, terrarium, or something. I'm okay with that. That's something lizards need. They need a good hiding spot. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> we will finally end this. See you next time.